0: Welcome to Swimming Upstream, where we talk about Catholicism, technology, culture and politics, baseball, and whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. Hello and welcome. So today I want to talk about something, a subject that we all think about all the time, but at the same time, we never really think about What do I mean mean by that? I want to talk about money. Now, of course, most of us, we think about money, you know, most of the time, just simply in order to get around each day. You know, how are we gonna pay for gas? How are we gonna pay for the food? How are we gonna pay for this or that? So money is a constant uh, part of our consciousness. However, I think not a lot of people think about what is money? What is money and why is it that it's so important? What makes it valuable? Why is it that we use money? And more importantly, why is it that our money keeps getting worth less and less each year? Something we call inflation that we're used to, that if we spend a dollar on something today, in a year, we might, it might only be worth 98 cents or something like that, and it goes down. In some countries, it goes down much quicker than that. You know, our parents, and maybe even people my age, we like to talk about how things were a lot cheaper back when we were younger than they are today. And that's really the effect of inflation. So I want to talk about money a little bit. I want to talk about why it is that money goes down value and why that matters to us. And is there any way we can make it any better? Okay. So let me first give a little bit of a review of what money is. Essentially money is the ability to have, it's a medium of exchange. It allows somebody to exchange one good for another, with a, third, with a middleman, so to speak, a middleman in the sense of money. Instead of me having to say in a barter situation, I'll give you my cow in exchange for your yeah, uh, wagon, instead I'll say, I'll give you this amount of money for your wagon, and you might pay me a certain amount of money for my cow. So, money is first and foremost, the first, it, money has three properties. The first property is that it's a medium of exchange, meaning that you can exchange goods with other people without having to barter, and it's something that everybody agrees is worth something. So everybody in this economy agrees that it's something that we, I want and that you want. The second property of money is that it's a store of value, meaning that it's worth something, and so it keeps that worth. So whatever that money, a dollar today, is worth essentially a dollar, in a year from now. Now I just mentioned earlier how maybe it's 98 cents, but in our country, the US dollar, essentially it keeps a store value, meaning it keeps the value that it has over a period of time. Maybe a long period of time, maybe not. Maybe some monies keep uh, their store value better than others do. The point is though it does keep some value. It doesn't become worthless tomorrow. So if somebody pays you a dollar for something, tomorrow you can use it to buy something for a dollar. Okay, that's the second, aspect of money. The third property is is that it's a unit of account, meaning that you can price goods in it. You can say, okay, this costs $5, this costs $10, this costs $1,000. And people in the economy, all of them can price it in that unit of account. They can say, for example, in our country, dollars. Maybe in another country, it might be something else. But the point is, is that it's a unit of account, meaning you can keep track of it and you can have small denominations. That's important as well. So for example, let's say if cattle were your, were your money, it'd be very difficult if something was worth only let's say a quarter of a cattle. What do you do? Do you cut the cattle in a quarter and hand it to the guy? Well, that doesn't make any sense. He wants a live cattle cow, he doesn't want a quarter of one. And so it has to be something that can be divided up into smaller denominations as well. So those are the three aspects of money. You have, a, it's a medium of exchange, It's a store of value and it's a unit of account. And so, people think that the state, the government, they create money, but that's not really true. Money is whatever we decide it's going to be. And so, throughout history, you see lots of different things have been used as money. For example, um, seashells have been used as money in some cultures, like I mentioned cattle. Excuse me, in jails, often cigarettes are used as money. Uh, obviously, the most obvious example are certain precious metals like silver and gold, they're used as money. And of course, today we have uh, paper money, dollar bills, things like that. But the point is, is that it's not the state that creates it. It's basically money is, is um, developed over time in a culture based upon things that are able to keep those three properties well. Is it, can it be a medium of exchange? Is it something in other words, everybody kind of values? Does it have a store of value? Does it keep its value over time? And is it a unit of account? Can it be easily divided and be a unit of account? Like seashells, for example, you could have small seashells, nicer seashells, whatever the case may be. And so you have these different types of money over time. And they all can work in different times and places, depending on the culture and what the situation is. So it's important to remember money isn't something that is determined by the government that's created by the government. It's basically developed over time in a culture and it might be different depending on what the cultures what they value, what they what they have access to. Maybe a culture that's separate from the rest of the world has no access to gold for example. It doesn't have a printing press. It's not going to it's going to use something like seashells or something like that. It can't use gold because there is none. Okay, so why is it though that those things aren't money anymore in most parts of the world. We don't use seashells anymore. We don't use gold even in most places anymore. Why is that? Why is it that some monies have failed? The number one reason why a money fails, like seashells or something like that, is because typically it's because it no longer becomes a store of value because the market is flooded with them. And so, for example, there's actually a culture that is in, I believe it was Africa, that used seashells for a long time. And then European settlers came, and they were able to access these uh, seashells very easily. And so they flooded the market with it. And all of a sudden, it didn't become valuable anymore. When there are you know, a million seashells available compared to a thousand, well, each one's worth so much less. And so therefore, the money gets inflated. The money supply, I should say, gets inflated, and it becomes worthless over time because it's so easy to access. That's the number one way a money stops being used as money is essentially, and becomes worthless, is essentially because the market is flooded. For whatever reason it might be, people are able to create more of this money than is is necessary for the economy. And so that's an important point to remember. We'll get to that in a second, why that's important. Now, why is it some money, such as gold, has been used for so many centuries and so many cultures and has, always, and has been successful in all of those? Well, it's because you can't flood the money supply with gold. Gold can, cannot be created out of thin air. It has to be mined. And it's expensive to mine. It's not something that can be done overnight or easily or cheaply. So you can't flood the market with more gold. So therefore, gold, it's a medium of exchange because you can divide up in the small, I'm sorry, it is a medium of exchange meaning that people do value it and people decide to trade with it. It's an easy thing that people have access to. Saying it's a unit of account meaning you can divide up in the small, you have a tiny little gold coin, you can have a big gold bar, different types of sizes of gold. And so therefore, it's uh, it's a good unit of account. And most importantly, it's a good store of value. It, it keeps its value. In fact, gold today—if you compare to the, what you can buy with gold today, compared to what you could buy with gold a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago—it's remarkably similar. Now, there's different products for sale and stuff like that, but it's remarkable how it's kept its store value. So, gold has ended up being probably the best form of money historically in, in, in the world, and so it's been able you to know, keep, though its value, it's been, you know, remain money because of the fact that it keeps its store value. You can't flood the market with it. Okay, so now let's talk about money today and why it is that our money keeps decreasing in value over time. It's, in, in a developed country like the United States, we might not notice it very, very much because it's slow. We only notice it over maybe 10 years, 20 years. But in a market like Venezuela, where the believer is, is um, basically been devalued we see the value of it goes down dramatically every day almost. And why is that? Because all money today essentially is government-issued money. Another word for it is fiat money, fiat coming from like just let it be, let it be created. Because what happens is the governments, like for example the United States government, it basically can print money through the Federal Reserve. It can just print as much money as it wants or as little money as it wants. And so it's very easy to create money. Now people. My, some people actually still think that uh, the U.S. dollar is still in the gold standard, meaning that you could trade in uh, dollars for gold, but that hasn't been the case in almost a hundred years. And actually, it's basically dollars, it, the value of it is simply the fact that the government, the U.S. government, backs it. And this is the case for most countries today in Europe and other places. Their money is simply backed by the government in place, saying we will uh, value this, at a dollar, $10, whatever the case may be. But there's absolutely nothing that prevents them from creating more money. So do you see where the problem is? It can be used as a medium of exchange, yes. It's kept a basic, uh, it, it can be used as a unit of account without a problem, because obviously you can divide up a dollar into pennies or dimes or whatever the case may be. And people, almost everybody, they, they um, price things in dollars. So it's very good, medium of exchange, very good unit of account but is it a good store of value? Like I said, if you can flood a market with, some, with more money, then it becomes less and less a store of value. Today, a dollar today basically can only get you about what 18 cents, I think it is, could get you a hundred years ago. So you see how much, if let's say you decided that you're just gonna sit your, it's uh, hundred years ago you decide you're gonna save your money, you're just gonna put it underneath your uh, mattress. Well, you can only buy about 18% of what you could have bought when you first put it under the mattress. It devalues over time. And we see this especially in countries like Venezuela, which have flooded their market with more currency, and therefore the value of that currency has gone down dramatically. And that's what's called inflation, and in the case of Venezuela, hyperinflation. and so. What's happening is the government's making them poor and poor every day, the average citizen. And in, in our country, America, it's, it's happening as well. Each person, you're actually getting a little bit poor every day because the inflation rate is usually about 3% in this country. But in some countries, it's so much higher. And if you put your money in a savings account, making a half a percent or a percent, well, you're actually losing money by putting it in a savings account. You're not making money, you're losing money because the value of what you can buy for that goes down each in every day. And so this is a way that the government basically makes us poor. Now, why do they do this? The reason they do this is simply because they want to try to spark the economy. They want to get people to buy more things and and hopefully that will stimulate the economy. But really it's fake money coming in. And so therefore it's not really helping stimulate the economy. But it's also because then they can do more stuff with it. When a government wants to do something unpopular, they can't really necessarily raise taxes because they won't get the votes for that. But what they can do is just simply flood the market with more money. And that helps fund the welfare state, the warfare state. It allows them to fight unpopular wars because they can just create more money. It allows them to fund unpopular social programs because they can just print more money. And so what's happening is is the money is basically, the value, the overall value is transferring from us, the regular citizens, to the government because they're printing more and more, and they're keeping that to, to use for their purposes. But there's more money than in the system, which devalues what ours is. And so if we want to have a long-term healthy economy, one that doesn't have these spikes and booms and busts like we have now, where we actually can uh, save money and it will be worth more in the future. So let's say you're a hardworking, lower-middle-class family, and you're saving your money for retirement. If you want that to be worth more, what we need is we need good money. We need hard money. We need sound money. Now there's a lot of different options of what you could use. We could use gold. The problem with gold, though, is it's not really practical anymore, is it? You're not going to use gold to buy something at the store. You're not going to carry it around. It's very difficult. Obviously, it's going to be hard to buy something online. You can't transfer gold, excuse me, online. And so that's a problem with gold. Yeah, you could use the gold standard like we used for years, and that would be better than what we have now. You could peg money, dollars to, to gold so that for every dollar you have a matching you know gold is stored somewhere for you the problem is we saw with the gold standard is banks are are just gonna lie about what they're holding they're just gonna say yeah you got ten dollars but they only got maybe a dollar's worth of gold in the bank for you and they're loaning out the rest to make more money and so it becomes in fact almost like fiat currency almost like government-issued currency at that point because it's not backed by anything I would argue that the best Form of money that we could have in the modern world, in today's world, is cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, like Dash, like Ethereum, something like that. Because, like gold, you can't create new cryptocurrency. You can create other cryptocurrencies, but in a cryptocurrency stuff like Bitcoin or like Dash, you, there's a set schedule and there's a maximum amount that you can have. And you can't create more. And so it keeps its value. So it is a great store of value. Yes, I know we see the fluctuations in the price go up and down, but what we find, though, is over time, those things are going to be, and they are, they're going to become much more normalized, much smoother, and so it's going to keep its store of value much more than a lot of government-issued currencies. It's also a great unit of account. People think, oh, you know, Bitcoins were $6,000, $7,000. I can't afford that. Well, you can divide up a Bitcoin to the eighth decimal place. So it's less than, the, the smallest unit of Bitcoin is less than a penny, much less than a penny. And so therefore, it's a great unit of account because of the fact that it can be divided up. And people can price things in that. And it's a great medium of exchange. It's very easy to transfer uh, something like Dash, cryptocurrency like Dash, from a person to person through a wallet on your, on your cell phone, on your computer, whatever the case may be. And so what we see is, cryptocurrency really does all three functions well in our modern world, especially because of the fact that so much, so many transactions are done electronically, and that's basically where cryptocurrency lives, then it's able to meet all the standards of good sound money, because it keeps it. keeps it's a good store of value, it's a good medium of exchange, and it's also a good unit of account. Now I realize from almost all Americans listening to this, you're thinking, oh, it's not really that big a deal, we've been doing fine. And I know we have been. But over time, we've seen that we've gotten poorer every year because of the government pumping out more money, printing more money each year, and eventually the bill is going to be paid. You can't just continue to print more money. Every single government-issued money has eventually become worthless because the government couldn't resist just pumping so much into the economy that it devalued the currency completely. And if you think that's going to that's that the United States is an exception to that rule, well, I think you're going to. Uh, find a hard lesson at some point because eventually when we have enough troubles we're going to have enough money pumped into it, enough U.S. dollars pumped into the economy that the U.S. dollars to become worthless. And we're going to look for a better money. My hope is it's going to be a cryptocurrency like Dash, like Bitcoin, but it's got to be something that's a sound money that really does keep its store of value much better than the U.S. dollar has over the past 100 years. Okay, well, that's my discussion for today. I thought that would be interesting, an interesting topic to talk about. Uh, until next time, keep swimming against the stream.